Welcome to the Woman Warriors Podcast, where we're working to help you call a truce with your anxiety. The information in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. Now, here's your host, Elizabeth Cush, LCPC. Welcome back to the Woman Warriors podcast. Today, we're going to be talking to Dr. Ishan Shu about sleep, about sleep issues, about getting good sleep, on how to avoid lousy sleep, but also what are some of the sleep disorders that are out there. But before we get started, I just wanted to say that I would love to hear from you. If you're getting something out of the podcast, if you have an idea about what you would like to to have discussed here on the podcast, things that make you worry or stress out or get overwhelmed. Or if you have a story of overcoming anxiety, I'd love to hear that too. So go to womanwarriors.com, fill out the email form there and send that to me. I would love it. If you live in the Annapolis or Anne Arundel County area, there is still time to sign up for the Woman Warriors Mindfulness Group that will be meeting on Tuesdays in October, beginning October 8th from 2.30 to 3.30 in the afternoon. If you'd like to be a part of this group with me and other like-minded women, I would love to have you reach out, which you can do through my website, womanwarriors.com or progressioncounseling.com. Click on the email or contact me link and send me an email. It's a great group and I'd love to have you be a part of it. Let's get this conversation started. So Dr. Ishan Shu is a licensed clinical psychologist, the founder and director of Mind and Body Garden Psychology which is a Mandarin-English-Spanish trilingual group practice in California. She is a sleep specialist and trained in the Stanford Sleep Medicine Department, and she's currently serving as a committee member in the Society of Behavioral Sleep Medicine. Her podcast, Deep Into Sleep, aims to help people understand more about sleep and bridge the gap between general the general audience and sleep medicine research. She and I are going to be talking all about sleep, so I hope you enjoy the conversation. Here we go. Hi, Ishan. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Woman Warriors podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. I really appreciate your taking the time to talk to us about sleep and what's important to know about sleep. But if you wouldn't mind, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and what inspired you to do the work that you do? Yeah, so I'm a licensed clinical psychologist and practice in California right now. I learned sleep in Stanford Sleep Medicine Center for about two years. And then I decided to combine, you know, other psychotherapy treatment and sleep and to really help more people with worries, with anxiety, with sleep disorders, especially insomnia to help people sleep better. So Mm -hmm. that's a big motivation for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so 
I know that, you know, your new podcast focuses on helping us get better sleep. But what what are some of the problems? What if we're not sleeping well, if if we are, you know, if we are struggling with insomnia or not falling asleep, what what might that contribute to in terms of other areas of our lives? Yeah, definitely. So depends on what kind of uh, uh, sleep problems we have, mm-hmm. because there are even what you just mentioned, there covers two different things. One is insomnia, one is sleep deprivation. Okay. These two actually are two different things, and they impact us actually differently. Mm. So, yeah, so for sleep deprivation, a lot of time we say these two are the same. Actually, they are not. For sleep deprivation, that is we don't give ourselves enough opportunities to sleep. Mm. But we are able to fall asleep if we really have the chance. Okay. We we may feel really tired or a lot of us, a lot of people I see in my practice are high achievers, really want to be perfect, be successful, do things really well. So they uh, push themselves so much so they cannot allow themselves to sleep early to mm. get enough sleep. Mm. Or so- if... Yeah, I was gonna say just so pushing themselves so that they're just there needs to be more time in their day. So they're just not going to sleep soon enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. A lot of people, the first thing to go is sleep. Yeah, we are busy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. So that's sleep deprivation and sleep deprivation actually very harmful to us. Like all these health problems we ha- we talk about like memory problem, uh, mood change, we cannot think well or concentrate well after a poor night of sleep. Um, we we even uh, possibly have a like a weakening uh, immunity system. Mm. We possibly get sick more easily, and we even gain weight. Actually, if we lose sleep, we don't sleep enough. We gain weight. Wow! That make us more hungry. Wow! We want to eat more. I didn't know that. See, I just learned something. <laughs> yeah, we all learn something every day in our life, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> when I first knew that, I was so surprised too. I was like, what? If you stay up late, I thought you could lose weight, but it's the opposite. Interesting. Yeah, huh. mm-hmm. yeah and all these other heart problems, you know, um, all this like diabetes and the uh, high risk for diabetes, all these health consequences can be highly associated with sleep deprivation. Wow. Wow. And so sleep deprivation. So you're not getting enough sleep. And so what's the difference between sleep deprivation and insomnia? Yeah. So insomnia is quite different. Insomnia is we give ourselves enough opportunities to sleep, but we cannot fall asleep or stay asleep. Mm. Mm -hmm. So we're trying, but it's just not happening. Right. Yeah, for some people, it's a short-term thing. For some people, it's a long-term thing. And a lot of people end up stay on bed for so long trying to sleep, trying to create more and more opportunities for our body to sleep. And that actually can make insomnia worse. Hmm. So staying in bed longer, trying to trying to make yourself fall asleep maybe isn't a great idea. 
Exactly. And insomnia definitely associated with um, some changing mood also, but the common consequences are not as severe as sleep deprivation. For insomnia, yeah, the consequences are all like um, mostly psychologically, some physically. Uh, Mostly we get more irritable, we worry about sleep more, or we worry about our daily functioning more. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, we feel tired easily, and we may feel lack of motivation, energy to do things during the daytime. Hmm. But not as much of the health, like physical health consequences from insomnia. Is that, that right. right. So, right, there are not enough evidence to really show insomnia actually lead to any like severe health consequences. Hmm. Interesting. So if we're forcing ourselves, well, well, I can see that it would add stress to your life if you were worrying about sleep and not being able to sleep, and that was making you anxious, and then you didn't fall asleep, that could make you more anxious, and that could lead to you not sleeping even more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So what are, I? you know, I think people kind of throw around sleep disorder, um, like people say, oh, I have insomnia, or I, uh, I'm i narcoleptic, and they don't necessarily, they maybe are just saying it like they're, but they don't really know what it means. So what are some other sleep disorders that people might have? Yeah, there are actually quite a lot of different sleep disorders out there. I think there are about 70 to 90 different sleep disorders wow. being recognized so far. <laughs> Yes. All right. So you don't have to name all of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. I probably cannot even name all of them uh, off my head. Right. Um, but uh, I know some common ones we hear more often, mm-hmm. um, like the narcolepsy you talk about. Mm-hmm. People uh, fall asleep suddenly, even during the day, even during the, during like important meetings or something. It's wow. a it's. Yeah, it can be a severe condition, but there's way there are treatments can manage it mm-hmm. uh, better right now. And another common one is sleep apnea. Yes. Uh, yeah, we have abnormal patterns of uh, breathing when we sleep. We are not getting enough oxygen. Mm-hmm. We stop breathing, or we are not breathing enough. Um, we during the sleep, and sometimes we may stop breathing for more than ten times per minute. That's, wow! Yeah, think about that. Uh, one of my friend actually in China, uh, he tested his sleep apnea, and the the results shows he actually stopped breathing for like almost forty times per minute. That's really bad. Wow. Wow. And so is it normal sometimes to stop breathing when you're sleeping or should you never stop breathing when you're sleeping? Uh, Occasionally, right now, like clinical diagnosis, if you only have uh, brief ones, you're not clinically diagnosed uh, as sleep apnea or you're not qualified for CPAP, this kind of treatment Mm -hmm. sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's definitely a threshold. Okay. um, Yeah. Based on the research. Yeah. And what, like with sleep apnea, so you're maybe not, you know, stopping breathing um, while you're sleeping, but you maybe aren't aware of it. How might you know that you would have sleep apnea? If you're asleep and you're not breathing, you might not, that might not wake you up. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, so that look very different um, w- among different people. Okay. For a lot of uh, male, sometimes they would snore when they cannot get enough air in. But for female, uh, for women, we sometimes we don't really snore, um, but we could still have sleep apnea. Uh, we will experience some symptoms if we really have that. For example, we may um, feel dry mouth in the morning. Mm. We may have headache. We may grind our teeth at night. We may feel somewhat difficulty uh, like breathing for part of the night if if we uh, notice anything. Sometimes we just possibly don't know. But mostly if we have sleep apnea, one of the very significant common symptom is the daytime functioning. Mm. If we cannot sleep well, we don't have high quality of sleep because of sleep apnea, then during the daytime, very likely we're going to have excessive daytime sleepiness. That means we feel so sleepy, we could literally fall asleep during the daytime. Hmm. Even when we are driving behind the wheel, or in the meeting, or doing something important, and we could not figure out why we are so sleepy, no matter how many hours we slept the wow. night before. Hmm. Yeah, so in order to diagnose, we have to get a sleep study in some um, professional sleep centers. Hmm. Wow. And uh, I know, like, with the sleep study, well, my two of my kids have had to undergo those and so I know they put all the electrodes on you and they at least the they had to go to a, a center and then later my older son was able to do it himself at home you know they sent him a machine and he hooked himself up and monitored his sleep uh, and so what are they looking for they're looking for that stopping breathing is that right yeah, so uh, if you do an in-lab study, they can look for more things than home study. Hmm. Uh, they are looking for the the image they get from the lab. It's very complicated. Hmm. They can tell whether your breathing is normal and when it's abnormal, what that may look like, how many times. They can actually also tell whether you moved your body when you're asleep, when you're not supposed to. For example, when we are in REM sleep, normally our muscles, our body cannot really move at all. Uh, But for people with REM sleep behavior disorder, RBD, so they will move. They may even fight. Hmm. They may dream about fighting with someone and in real life, they are are fighting with someone on Hmm. the bed. Oh, wow. That's crazy. And what, like, if someone sleepwalks a lot, like if somebody gets up out of bed and wanders around or, you know, not because they're on medication, because I know there's been studies of, you know, some medications that could get you out of bed doing things that you don't remember, but somebody just sleepwalks a lot. Like, is that an actual disorder? That could be. That actually belongs to non-REM parasomnia disorder. So that happens normally um, within non-REM period. So REM is rapid eye movement. So when we mostly when we dream, that's the REM, right? Mm. So Mm -hmm. if we have uh, some behavioral disorder among REM sleep, when we wake up, or when you wake this person up right there, they may remember what they were dreaming. But for non-REM parasomnia, 
Uh, that include sleep eating, sleep walking, uh, sex insomnia, all those different um, disorders. So that if you wake that person up or afterwards, they they may not remember mm. uh, anything. Yeah. Wow. That's kind of crazy that we can like actually get up and do things in our sleep. Yeah, some sleep doctors talk about their cases that they had patients before could get up and go out. They know where the key is, no matter what you do. So the part of the treatment is they have to lock the car key, lock the door key in a safe and uh, set it up that you cannot open the safe until morning time. Mm. That's to stop this kind of behavior. Because it all happened in the dream. Uh, wow. Having in the sleep, not a dream, when you sleep. Yeah. Right, right. Wow, that's crazy. That mm-hmm. is crazy. Now there are a lot of treatment for that. There are certain medications can help with that. So uh, sleep medicine field is really developing. Yeah, it seems like we know more and more about sleep. But so are there any other sleep disorders you feel like it would be important to talk about? Uh, those are the major ones. There are also restless, uh, restless leg syndrome, mm. and uh, but there are a lot of misunderstanding about that one. It's different than the ones we just talk about. Restless leg does not mean you're going to just move your legs, your bodies crazily when you sleep. A common um, symptom actually is you feel this uh, this uncomfortable sensation in your legs, especially an urge to move your legs around mm-hmm. um, during like evening or nighttime, even before you go to bed. And mm. if you walk around, it got better. Mm. But if you just keep on sitting there, it's really uncomfortable and it could bother you. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a common symptom. There I, are also other symptoms. Yeah, I think I've had that where like laying in bed and it just feels like I'm not asleep yet, I'm reading or something, but I can mm-hmm. just feel this... It's always usually one leg for me that, and Mm. it doesn't happen very often. I don't have it all the time, but Mm -hmm. it's terrible. It's like you want to make that (laughs) sensation go away. Exactly. Yeah. And it ends up, yeah, moving it helps. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, So how does poor sleep impact mental health? Like, I know we talked a little bit about it, but like, so if you're consistently either sleep deprived or... I guess with insomnia, that can just sort of create anxiety about sleep. But um, why is sleep so important for for positive mental health? Yeah, so um, we talk about like in this field, we all know a lot of mental disorders. Part of the symptom actually is the uh disruption of sleep Mm -hmm. so on the other hand actually a lot of research show if we are able to improve our sleep quality it actually can help other mental disorders to be uh, to recover better and quicker and a lot of research shows like for sleep disorder and mental um, mental disorders when they coexist if we just treat them separately and treat sleep disorders, uh, which can be treated faster, and actually that help the recovery of mm. the mental disorder. Wow. So they are closely related. Yeah, 
Yeah. And so what does sleep do for our bodies? Like, what is it that's happening when we're sleeping that is so important? Mm-hmm. A lot of things been happening in <laughs> our body. A lot of a lot of um, people and uh, uh, like literatures would talk about, or our body is you know fixing ourselves, especially our neurons cognitively, yeah. and yeah, a lot of things, a lot, so many informations we absorb during the daytime got reorganized. There's certain like cognitive trash need to be you know, get rid of and that all happened during sleep. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, like human beings think about we, we spend possibly one third uh, of our life sleeping. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a very important stage yeah. for us. Yeah. And I think the, the science still developing and trying to figure out all the details about sleep. Right now, there are a lot of um, confusion about what is awake stage. Hmm. What is sleep stage exactly? Because it's actually not as clear as we thought. Oh, interesting. Yeah, when we are awake, part of our brain is asleep. When we are asleep, part of brain is awake. Hmm. So it's, uh, and like all the disorders we talk about, sleepwalking, right? And so it's it's hard to to distinguish. And also when we are in the uh, light stage of sleep, we actually can feel the sensation. We can hear things. We can sense some things. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so, but it's not really awake. If I let you to do a math right there, you cannot really do that. Right. But the sensation makes us feel like, oh, maybe we are awake, but actually we are asleep. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of like tricky stage yeah. to tell apart. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, I like to think of it as like a, when you shut your computer off and reboot it, it like reorganizes everything. So all your systems are working properly. So sleep is kind of like that. It's giving your, your, your body a chance to kind of reboot and your brain to kind of get back online in a more effective way. <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's really good. So what do we need to know about getting a good night's sleep? What are some things people can do to help themselves sleep better or have better sleep habits? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are definitely quite a lot of things, but I want to just mention several. First, I think the most basic foundation is how we think, is like our mindset towards sleep. Hmm. So, First, we need all know that we cannot control sleep. It's not something we force ourselves to sleep, like tell our body, sleep right now. We can sleep <laughs> immediately. Never happen. Right. Right. <laughs> right. So we really need to just listen to our body, understand what our body needs. And if we don't have a good night of sleep or we don't feel refreshed in the morning, don't worry too much. Trust our body. Know the next night, the next several nights, our body will reorganize and get what it needs. I think this is the foundation for any build up, like uh, under any tips, any good habits Mm. to help us reduce the anxiety about sleep. Yeah, yeah. Just trusting that our bodies know what it needs and can help us get there. Right, right. And we can still function if we don't sleep well one night. We'll be fine. Yeah, 
Yeah, I've, I've, I've had that happen where I couldn't fall asleep until like two in the morning and get up at six and I do okay. And I'm always surprised like, oh, huh, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, exactly. And that is not every day. Normally after a day like that, if we are not worried, the worry does not get in the way. Actually, the next night, our body is going to be more tired and may actually sleep better. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. Right. So what can help people after we have that mindset? So we want to um, understand like what I talked about earlier. So um, are we on bed for too long? Mm -hmm. So we want basically, ideally, we want to go to bed when we feel real sleepy. So when we go to bed, our body is kind of ready to sleep. We don't need to roll back and forth on bed for too long. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so um, also evening time before we go to bed, try to build some evening wind down time for mm-hmm. ourselves, for yeah. our body and our mind. Our brain cannot just transit from work, from all these things to sleep immediately. We need a buffer time. Mm. Yeah, so within this half an hour to one hour or more buffer time, we want to slow down, start relaxing, doing something gentle for our mind, for our body to help our brain know, oh, this is a routine. This is the time ready to sleep in a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So it's basically, yeah, you're reminding your body or whatever, setting in motion this process that like this is what getting ready for bed feels like and I'll be going to sleep soon so your mind and your body are preparing for that yes yes yeah exactly yeah and also I would say getting up around the same time consistently Mm. across the week can be really healthy Mm. for our sleep quality yeah yeah just having that regular routine I know I get up around the same time every day so that even on weekends without setting an alarm I just wake up mm-hmm. yeah. yes yeah yeah definitely okay. yeah a lot of people like to sleep in but that actually can really uh, mess up our circadian clock hmm. so on Monday sometimes we suffer if Monday to Friday we sleep at a certain time or get up a certain time very early and weekend we get up super late, then Monday we our body have to reset and it need time to adjust it. So you you just mentioned a term that I thought it might be interesting for the audience to know more about the circadian clock. So what what is that? I've heard that used and I think I understand what it is, but I thought mm-hmm. would you be able to explain what that is? Yeah. So in simple words. So circadian uh, rhythm or our circadian biological clock is really what um, our body naturally needs, uh, how to regulate when to be awake, when to sleep. So it's um, connect to our genes. There are certain genes in our body to regulate that. And Mm -hmm. actually, um, it's different from person to person. It's a at least 50% genetic. Hmm. That's why some of us are early morning person naturally. Some of us are night owl naturally. Hmm. So that's our circadian clock. Oh, interesting. That's really interesting. So it could be just this biological component that makes it easier for you to either be more productive in the morning or in the evening. 
Yes, and the sunshine help us regulate that, reset that every morning when we wake up. The sunshine goes through our eyeball, go go through our brain, and hit the、uh, a lot of things in our brain to start regulating、hmm. this clock from day to day. Wow! Wow! And so, ideally, how many hours of sleep should people be getting? Is there like a magic number? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see a lot of、um, uh, literatures. A lot of doctors talk about the the recommended hour, seven to eight hours, right?、Mm-hmm. So I want just to make、uh, everyone more cautious about that. So that's a general recommendation for people's、uh, for people who have like. A, Um, central、um, kind of circadian clock.、Okay. So it's not for everyone,、mm-hmm. but it's because most people、uh, that time works for them. So that that's fine.、Mm-hmm. And、uh, um, but for some people, their body just need five or six hour per night. They can function really well. Some people may need a little bit more, like nine hours ish, to be able to function well. So again, we need to listen to our body, not get too anxious if you know we don't get seven or eight hours of sleep. If we are fine, we are fine. Because sometimes people have insomnia come to my clinic, ask me, I I want sleep like eight hour per night. That's my goal for treatment,、hmm. and that very common. I was like, okay. So when was the last time you, you know, slept、uh, for eight hours consistently, day after day, month after month? They were like, never. <laughs> 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 yeah. Then that reads the question, right?、Yeah. Is there like maybe your body not really need eight hour, or what's going on if you never? Got、mm. eight hours consistently. Yeah, yeah. That's your body was telling you that that's not what it needed. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. Well, I love I love this.、Uh, I love the idea of like trusting that your body knows what it needs、um, because I feel like so often it does. It's just we have to tune in and listen. Whether it's about sleep or food or you know how much water we need, all of that. Yeah, exactly. Very similar to everything we do.、Mm-hmm. When we eat, we know if we eat something uncomfortable, right? We will feel it. Yeah. We eat too much, we feel it. Sleep is the same. Our body has has signals for us. Yeah, yeah. So getting used to tuning in and trusting your body.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what?、Uh, just before we wrap up, what are some things we should not do before going to bed? Like, what might interfere? What activities? I know there's all this stuff about don't be on your phone, don't have electronics.、Mm-hmm. What are there certain things that are really proven to be like? Do not do this before you go to bed. Yeah, definitely.、Um, there are a lot of、uh, evidence about. The blue lights、mm-hmm. from from all the electronics, right?、Mm-hmm. So,、uh, especially, I would say、um, personally, I don't have insomnia. I still use my phone, but I would say if you already have some sleep difficulties, you want to be more cautious about the blue light、mm. because the blue light can suppress the release of melatonin in our brain. There are a lot of evidence against that、uh, about that.、Mm-hmm. So.、Um, That's something people want to think about. So when we do the wind down period, we want to try to stay away from some kind of electronic device、mm. uh, for that. 
Also, another thing is emotionally, we want to avoid too much emotions like up and downs right before sleep.、Mm-hmm. I know some couples they like to argue right before bedtime. Maybe that's the only time they can talk to each other. <laughs> <laughs> Want to do couple therapy? Yeah. So I was like,、hmm, that's not a good idea for your sleep. Of course, they came in with black eyes, with like very poor sleep, even more frustrated. Yeah.、Um, Yeah. So because emotions, when it gets so strong right before we sleep, science shows us our emotional brain actually is very active、hmm. during sleep. Our,、uh, you know, frontal lobe, our rational brain actually is asleep.、Hmm. So if you get too many emotions right before bedtime, you basically gonna have experience symptom of insomnia at night.、Hmm. Wow. Wow. Yeah, your your emotional brain just feed in that and make it worse. Yeah, well, I could see that. I mean, if I think about the times me personally that when it's really hard to fall asleep, or I fall asleep and then I wake up, it's usually because I'm all stressed out about whatever going to work the next day, or things I haven't done, or things on my to do list, or whatever it might be. So the anxiety is building, and I wake up and I'm like, my heart's beating too fast, and I'm all stressed out, and then it's almost impossible to sleep. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Right. So the last thing I would say, try not to do is about nap, or to watch out the the nap time. How、mm. much do you take a nap during the daytime? Especially for people with insomnia or already have some sleep difficulties, if you take a nap for too long during the daytime, or especially the evening or afternoon time, then it will interfere with. Your that same night's sleep. If、yeah. you are just like a dessert before dinner, right? You're just、mm. gonna get full. You're not as sleepy. Yeah, yeah. So harder to fall asleep if you've already gotten some sleep during the day.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, my、uh, my dad was a huge cat napper. Like he could after dinner lay down and literally like five minutes he would close his eyes and he'd get up. And then he could work for another two hours and then go to bed and sleep soundly. But he would have、oh. his little five minute refreshers after dinner. Ah, <laughs>、oh, which is funny, yeah, funny、right. to think about. Yeah, right. Well, that sounds like、uh, if people get used to it, that could be a good habit.、Mm. But we don't want to nap for more than maybe forty minutes or even one hour. Then you goes into a deep sleep. When you wake up, you feel so drowsy. Yeah. Are Are there any、uh, like tips or resources that you feel like it would be important for the listeners to know about? You know, whether it's you know、um, books or whatever that would help them in terms of figuring out getting better sleep for them. Yeah, definitely. On my website, I list out、uh, good books recently published by doctors by.、Um, Good researchers. Awesome. And there's also a resource page on my website, and、um, I try to. I'm s- still slowly building it up. I try to put, you know,、uh, very legit, very good resources on there for、mm. people to read correct information, and、uh, even where people can find、um, certified CBT for insomnia. Uh, therapist. Oh, nice. Special, yeah, sleep specialist. Where they can find it, where to find a certified sleep center to do sleep study. All those different websites are 
uh, on my resource page. Awesome. Well, I will, I will provide a link to that uh, in the show notes for the podcast. Yeah. Cool. Well, how do people find you, Yishan? Yeah, so um, I have one website about sleep that's connected to my podcast. So it's deepintosleep.co. And that's where I put the resource page in. um, I write blogs about good resources about sleep. Awesome. And yeah, for my own clinical practice, it's um, Mm mindbodygarden.com. Okay. And for people who are in California, they can uh, find me and other therapists to work with me on that website awesome. uh, to help them. Perfect. Awesome. Well, I will provide links to all of those things in the show notes. And I really appreciate your taking the time to talk to us today about sleep. You are welcome. I always love sharing knowledge about sleep. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Ishan Chu, I really, uh, I actually learned a few things today about sleep and sleep disorders. I really appreciated her perspective on really tuning into your body to figure out what you need in terms of how many hours to sleep. What's a good time for you to go to bed? Are you a morning person or a nighttime person? And trusting that your body knows what it needs. So not to get too stressed out if one night you didn't get a good night's sleep. The next night you probably will, as long as we're not attaching some meaning or distress around it. Well, I hope all of you this week get a really good night's sleep. And if you don't, don't stress too much. And if you think you maybe have a sleep disorder, check out Ishan's resources on her webpage, which will be all linked in the show notes. Have a wonderful week. Ciao for now from This Woman Warrior. Thanks for listening and subscribing to The Woman Warriors podcast. Music was written and performed by Andy Cush. If you'd like more information on this episode, you can find the show notes, the resources shared today, and links to the guests' profiles at womanwarriors.com.